0: So welcome. Uh, Today's the night, but we'll go over uh, updates all the way up to yesterday. Although some things have obviously changed in the last couple of hours uh, in the crypto market, especially. Uh, But yeah, welcome to Trees and Clouds. Uh, Today is the ninth. Uh, Real quick, just to recap what we do. So we offer, uh, Trees and Clouds is very unique. It's a niche market, right? But I'm going to kind of cover over just kind of what we do, what our mission is and also what makes us different from all the other brands that are out there right now. But we offer equity holders of publicly traded cannabis companies, a way to use assets as collateral and gain access to funding via decentralized debt markets. So basically it means you could take things like stocks, equities, um, even real estate, for example, or uh, you know, there's a lot of different ways you can comprise debt in commercial industries or credit. But what we do is we basically turn that paper into NFTs that can be tracked and monitored Uh, basically on a blockchain so that anybody can see exactly how much debt there is and what the payments and basically what the credit requirements were for the debt, the repayment schedules, any of the amortizations all built into the contract. So our mission is to become the number one holder of publicly uh, publicly traded cannabis market debt in the world before global legalization takes effect and commodities markets are fully developed. What makes us different? Debt is not a security. Debt can be sold anywhere. This makes it perfectly... Uh, perfect for transacting in public and decentralized markets where anyone can participate. We started with cannabis because they have the following reasons. They're considered unbanked by public companies, holders of agriculture and real estate, which we think are going to be more valuable over time. They're willing to pay high interest rates, mostly because it's a write-off for a lot of the stuff that they do. Uh, And as you'll see, legislation is actually changing in favor of this as well, uh, where more, more localized companies, not just companies that are working publicly, Uh, or up in Canada where all of this stuff is legal is actually participating. But some of these companies pay upwards of 75% uh, in taxes and have very few write-offs. It's relatively recession-proof and considered safe compared to other markets And its niche. It's something that we can do that touches all different types of debt that's out there. So think about it. It's agriculture. It's real estate. It's commercial paper. It's, uh, you can do a lot with the actual, uh, what do you say, like the equipment, equipment loans right? Because a lot of this stuff is very expensive as well. Uh, The licensing is also part of it. It's great for factoring because these are high volume, high cash businesses. So if you want to do factored debt, it makes a lot easier too. So these are all the precursors to developing a market. And we think that the cannabis market is the best because A, it's unbanked, B, it's global and C, this is something that uh, we think will be legalized here in the near future. So traditional investors in the space are tired. Uh, This leaves a lot of opportunity for capitalizing existing positions in the space to provide liquidity in uh, ranch or stagnant markets. So if you look at where these companies are traded, most of them are traded up in Canada, uh, as far as publicly traded cannabis companies. Um, Actually, almost all of them are. I know that there's some special listings here in uh, United States markets that have some ties to cannabis, but uh, up in Canada, if you compared the volume Of even some of the shittiest coins in crypto markets, they have more volume than most of the publicly traded cannabis companies do uh, up in Canada. So the market's not there yet. Even though they have the listings, it doesn't mean that you can ARB specific equities or you can get into positions that let you hedge the market a little bit better. None of this stuff really exists. And there's really a lackluster of uh, companies that are willing to actually take on more commercial types of credit that you would see or things that actually come in and help the investors. Uh, One of those being something we call a pledged asset line of credit, right? So these are all things that we're looking to create as products and bring to the commercial market. Uh, So this means that you get automatic leverage for holders of cannabis stocks, which means it's great. If you need to borrow against your stocks or come in and actually, you know, if you wanna convert from one stock to another without having to actually sell your stocks, but you wanna buy into a certain percentage, uh, that's something you'll be able to do. Uh, access to liquidity for companies and their shareholders. It provides alternative markets, participate in funding. So it just doesn't mean that Canada Canada is going to be the only market where you can really go or do a SPAC, uh, which is a specialty purpose acquisition corp. Now anybody in the world can participate through the decentralized market. Uh, That generates a secondary market for price discovery. Uh, When you have price discovery that gets out of whack, then you typically have arbitrage between the two markets. Well, that doesn't exist right now. It's a stagnant market, right? There's only one place to be traded. And then even better is it's 100% anonymous fundings for borrowers. So the people who are actually making the, the lines of credit uh, are anonymous to the rest of the market. So it's just the asset that they're actually uh, taking value against. And so the position there is that yes, you could lose your asset if you're borrowing too much and can't repay it, but it also means that nobody cares who you are because the assets are, you know, these assets are locked up. So uh, real quick, how do we make money, right? How do we deploy, or sorry, how do we deploy the capital? Um the first method is that by just deploying directly into the market itself through first lien positions against publicly traded cannabis companies. Think of like mortgages, for example. The way we do this, and this is always common practice, is to conduct due diligence on the target companies uh, at, to assess their financial health and the ability to repay the loan. We negotiate loan terms with the companies, including interest rate, loan amount, repayment schedule. We prepare and execute the loan documents, including a first lien on the company's assets as collateral. And then we disperse the loan to the companies, and then we monitor the loan to the company's performance to ensure timely repayment. Again, you'll see how this all boils into why we would put this in a decentralized market here in a minute, but just stick with me. The second one is approaching investors in these companies to place their equity as pledged asset lines of credit and lean against their assets. So like, let's say if you own $10 million of cannabis company, ABC, and you wanted to, I don't know, convert that into Bitcoin for some reason, we would allow you to borrow up to 50% of that with an interest rate tied to it by you know, pledging your assets to a, an account that's controlled by a third party. And then you have to make you know, payments on that amount, right? <laughs> so think of it as a way for people who want to avoid capital gains by selling their assets. Rather than that, you could just borrow against them and have an interest rate that's gonna be less than the actual capital gains is. So now you've created a line of liquidity for investors to do other things with their stocks, which also means that if you're a publicly traded company, your investors are going to hold your stocks for a lot longer. Uh, you know, just think about that. That's pretty much the method there. Basically, it's the same thing. We identify and research the investors in the target companies, approach them with an ideal. Uh, you know, <clears throat> we, we have to approach them and tell them that this is obviously a product that's available, and then we'll negotiate the terms, the repayment schedule, all the remittance uh, remittance that's tied to it. Uh, We prepare and execute the loan docs, disperse the loans to the investors, then monitor the loan and the company's performance and timely repayment. Uh, When you do that, you're basically bundling up a bunch of investors' uh, stock options or their stocks or equities, uh, I should say, uh, into a single account and then you're just keeping track of who has what and how much they owe. After that, uh, method number three, by approaching banks directly. And those who fund currently, or, you know, the the funds and banks that currently have loans in the marketplace. So these, a lot of banks here in California actually have exposure in that market through a first lien position. Some of the largest cannabis companies and uh, growers in the state, as well as the world are here in California and operating out of Canada. So a lot of California banks have exposure there. And so when we approached them, we said, look, you know, what if we could actually take over your position in some of these properties, right? And start to basically provide you with capital and we start to relieve you of the risk that you have in a certain market. And so same thing, we research the banks, we look at all their outstanding positions and see which you know, ones they hold in certain target companies that we're looking for. Uh, we approach those institutions about taking over the first lien position. We negotiate terms as well as you know things that would be not just the repayment schedule, but the payoff demands included with that. Uh, we execute on the loan documents, disperse the funds, and then we monitor the loan same way that we would anything else. So with these types of instruments, you're talking about creating uh, multiple different ways that you can interact with the market. And based on some of the news that came out, I think just in the last few days, uh, this is actually gonna be much better. So check this out. We're gonna go into some updates about the Safe Bank Act and the updates that are coming out of that. So, uh, we talked about this last week a little bit, what SAFE is. This is like the seventh time I think Congress has gone in the vote on this. But anyways, uh, they're trying to make it clear and easy for people who are in the industry to have access and also the ability to write off certain parts of their business because taxes are way too high for most of these developing businesses. It's also a big problem because it means that it's much harder to compete legally than it is to just you know work in the black market. So this is one of the big problems, especially here in California that we've seen. I think the the black market is still some 60% of the total market. So anyways, the American Bankers Association, ABA, has urged Congress to pass the Secure Fair Enforcement Act, or SAFE Banking Act, a bipartisan bill that would allow banks to provide financial services to state-licensed cannabis businesses without fear or federal sanctions. ABA said the legislation would enable banks to handle the proceeds of cannabis firms as well as the ancillary business that rely on the industry, such as accountants, lawyers, and landlords. The act has been passed by the House of Representatives in uh, previous sessions, but stalled in the Senate. However, the hearing is scheduled to take place in the Senate Banking Committee to discuss the issue. They're actually trying to push this through before they actually push through. Uh, they they want to have a resolute bipartisan approach to this that allows them to pass the bill with these measures in place. So remember how I was saying that we want to work with publicly traded cannabis companies? Uh, the reason being is because they're really the only ones that have safe access to, to equity and to banking right now. But what this means is that now, if this were to pass, the things that Trees and Clouds is able to do, not just up in Canada with publicly shaded cannabis companies, we would be able to implement this strategy across all verticals in the entire industry here in the United States without the fear of prosecution at all. Even if they're cannabis-touching companies, even if they're in the sale, or even if they're directly involved in the packaging and distribution, it doesn't matter. It just means that we can work with anybody at this point, which to me is like a, a huge shift uh, in the way that, uh, or I would just say, in the opportunity uh, that's going to be available. And when this passes, you're still looking at six to eight months before implementation. Then you still have you, you still have uh, states which have not legalized cannabis, but it just means that now. Uh, the opportunity becomes much greater because it means that we can also deploy capital in smaller amounts, be much more diversified in the types of loans that we're allowed to make and also be able to service them here in the United States with banks here in the United States that do not discourage or discredit any of the services that are being offered. So this is, again, one of the reasons why timing is so important. Uh, This is like an amazing opportunity for us uh, as well. So I'm looking forward to this and I really wanna see this stuff pass. Uh, The next one was something that we also knew was going to happen, which you guys have seen a lot of stuff happening with the banks, which we've talked about quite a bit here in the past. But uh, check this out. So, this is more about what people are seeing in the credit markets. If you think that we're going to make loans for these businesses, you know, these cannabis businesses, our competition is going to be mid sized banks. It's not going to be the big four, but it's going to be the mid sized banks. And so, a report by the Federal Reserve Senior Loan Officer Opinion Survey has revealed that the mid sized institutions tumult has led banks to tighten their lending standards to households and businesses potentially posing a threat to the U.S. economic growth. The survey <laughs> indicated that requirements for commercial and industrial loans such as mortgages, home equity lines of credit and credit cards uh, go tougher or got tougher. Additionally, the banks expect problems to persist over the next year due to diminished economic growth, expectations, fears over deposit outflows, and reduced risk tolerance. The banks are also expected to tighten the standards across all loan categories due to the reduction in risk tolerance and concerns about bank funding costs, bank liquidity positions and deposit outflows. However, the, commercial, or sorry, the survey showed a weakened demand across most categories, particularly commercial and industrial loans, which could have implications for economic growth. So what does that mean? It means even though this legislation is passing, you still somehow have to find the credit to go out there and get it. And most of these mid-sized banks, as we're seeing are struggling right now. So again, I don't think the Fed's going to bail them out. I think they're going to give them loans like they have to the other banks. Uh, But that means that their requirements and their assessments on the types of paper that they lean against are going to be constricted. It also means that a party like us could come in and potentially de-risk their position so that they can go make more conventional products as well. So you'll see a de-risking across the whole entire media. So anyways, that's also something that happened uh, just recently. And then today, uh, I don't know if you guys knew this, but about, I think it was eight hours ago, Bittrex filed for... Uh, this is the U.S. Uh, Bitrex uh, out of Delaware, filed for bankruptcy. The currency exchange uh, sorry, the cryptocurrency exchange, Bitrex, Inc, filed for bankruptcy protection after the U.S. Securities Exchange Commission accused of operating an unregistered securities exchange. Bittrex seized operations in the United States on April 30th, and the bankruptcy filing will not impact BitTrex Global. Basically, uh, they had about a billion dollars worth of assets in there. Uh, they have to shut down their U.S. operations because of the way that they were actually managing funds. Uh, this was in fear and in lieu of what had happened to FTX. So uh, as we see, I think this is going to be a continuing trend where actual centralized exchanges uh, are going to continue to face scrutiny, especially here in the United States as we get closer to what we call a centralized banking digital currency at a CBDC. So uh, meaning that they don't want people... Who are operating exchanges outside the traditional means of doing equities uh, and trading, you know, stocks, bonds, whatever, uh, th- anything that falls under the Securities and Exchange Commission. So, yeah, exciting times. Um, I think you know this also just goes to the point why decentralized, you know, markets are going to proliferate. The rest of the world is going to see that they can participate in the growth and economics, you know, uh, that happen here in North America, especially being that in agriculture and in industry. So we're going to continue to see the proliferation of decentralized credit markets. Anyways, let's jump into it. we got some updates, too, on Token, the actual TNC coin. So check this out. And thank you very much, Lily Think, for throwing this down. Uh, but this is TNC. This is what we're going to do for the actual token itself. And this is our version one of it. And I wanted to note that on the front, it says established in 2017 because the brand Trees and Clouds was actually originally established back in 2017. And um, that's where most of this original artwork actually came from. And then after that, on the back of the coin, we have two things that stood up as the pillars of what we're trying to build, which is kindness and mindfulness. So out of those two things, it represents uh, being kind to people in the physical world and being mindful of the thoughts and the beliefs of everybody else. And then after that, it says, mind your business. So this is actually kind of funny. And I know Elba had posted this. That's why we had used this phrase. But uh, the Fujio Cent is where this originally comes from. And the Fujio Cent is the first official circulation coin of the United States. It was minted in 1787 and designed by Benjamin Franklin, composed of 36, or 10, 0.36 ounces or 10 grams of copper. It features a sundial with the caption of Fugio Latin, I flee, I fly. Or yeah, I fly basically. And the message, mind your business at the bottom, suggesting to pay attention to one's own affairs. The design was based on the pattern pieces of the 1776 continental currency dollar coin. And the reverse side, both coins bore the third motto, We are one surrounded by 13 chain links representing the 13 colonial states. Despite rumors, the coins bearing mind your business inscription. The Fujio scent remains the only us official coin with such a message. So that's where we got it from. I hope you guys like it It looks dope and we've got some 3d impressions of this that are really awesome as well. So we'll be putting out a little bit more about the token here coming up. Also, this is a disclaimer. I got to read this because I'm going to show you something and I don't want you to think that these are actual. So. Uh, it's kind of funny cause I have company name here. I was supposed to plop it in there and I did it, but I'm gonna go ahead and share it with you anyways. Uh, any rates of return advertised and communicated by trees and clouds are for informal purposes and only and do not represent the actual rates of returns on investments. Actual rates and returns may vary based on a variety of factors, including market conditions, investment performance, fees, taxes, and other factors. Trees and clouds lending makes no guarantees as to the accuracy or reliability of any advertised rates or returns And the investors should not rely solely on such information when making investment decisions. Any investment involves risk. Investors should carefully review all investment materials and consult with their financial advisors before making investment decisions. Now, I'm not talking about investments, but there are rates of return that are displayed on here. Uh, So we're talking about notes, which are actually loans, which are not investments. But for uh, just disclaimer sakes, I had to say that. Anyways, so here's what we're looking at for the note terms. These things look dope. Uh, I am really excited about getting these out. And I know you guys that just minted your contributor holding NFTs are gonna be like, what the fuck? Why can't mine look that good? And it's because uh, we have our OG artist back who's helping us with these instruments right now. He's doing an amazing job. So uh, we're gonna come back and touch everything up uh, for you guys once we get everything else out and deployed. It's just not a primary concern at the moment. Uh, the addresses uh, on here, I'm gonna go over what we actually have. So, um, what we're displaying on these note terms, the first one is the addresses around the token with the token, uh, token symbol on it as well. And those will basically continue to move around the outside of the note, very similar to Uniswap V3 position. Uh, at the very top, we have the note ID. So depending on how many notes are published, it's just an increment from one to infinity. The note uh, can also be locked or unlocked by, uh, by a wallet that you control meaning it can be transferred or not transferred, which will also update the uh, the holding of the wallet who can unlock the position. So if it's locked, then uh, nobody can transfer it. It's basically like being staked, but it stays in your wallet, just can't transfer. Uh, the note term in months uh, is also displayed right above that. You see this note is displaying an 18th month position, uh, although that's not uh, quite how you know these notes could be anywhere from, a couple of days to years and years and years. Um, it's just how we display it. That's where it's gonna be right there at the top. Um, after that, we have the treasury funds APR. So as you know, if you're familiar with how the protocol works, uh, the treasury are the assets that are used, or sorry, the treasury is what's used to actually go and make loans against the companies and the assets. Uh, it'll display a separate APR from that that's being deposited into the, the liquidity position. So the liquidity pool APR will be displayed over on the right-hand side. After that, you have basically all of the uh, notes or bars that you see across the middle represent the term uh, due. So every time a payment is due, whether that payment was paid on time, if it was late, or if the position itself is in default. And it'll show uh, if there's an, it's kind of weird here because this shows an amortization schedule on the actual uh, note, which will show the means of repayment and how much of your principal you're getting back during the repayment of the loan. So that's also based on here. But remember, most of these loans are actually going to be interest only. So that line's going to be flat. And you're just going to see a star across the middle that shows uh, how the loan is being paid back, which is a majority of interest until the balloon payment at the end. Uh, so yeah. And then it also marks where you are in the position. And as it goes further into the future, uh, you'll be able to see how much is expected to be paid out in the coming months. And then just below that is basically the holdings that the note represents. Uh, Right here, we show $333,000 and 33 cents. No reason why we emphasis on three, it's just a lucky number. Uh, And it also denotes 100% of what the holdings are between both positions. So that means we'd have somewhere around 150 grand uh, in each one of those positions if we were. It shows your USDC balance. If that's the token that you're actually using to deposit, it'll show the token value next to it, uh, which is the token balance that the note can actually withdraw. And then underneath that, it shows how much uh, USDC is earned and how much token is earned. When I say USDC, uh, that's just what we initially started with. As you know, in the future, we wanna have multiple markets for tokens, uh, including, uh, you know, DAI, uh, Ethereum, maybe wrapped Bitcoin, something to that extent. Uh, So yeah, cool, these things look awesome. I hope you guys like them. Uh, You know, we've got a lot of great artwork that'll be coming out over the coming months. And so let's see, is that it? Oh yeah, we gotta do our normal updates, holy cow. (laughs) All right. So uh, I know I'm ranting here. I hope you guys don't find this too uh, long, but let's go over our updates. So as we said back in May 1st, we were working on the white paper. or Sorry, the things that we had left was the website V2 build. Uh, We're still working on the token entity generation. uh, And hopefully I'll have some really exciting news to share with you guys in the next update about that and who we're working with. Uh, And then also we have to wrap up some of the compromised wallets. If you had moved your initial contributor NF2 to another wallet, that's fine. Uh, it's not gonna update the actual address on it. So I know this was a question that we had from a couple people. Don't worry about it, uh, that will change. Uh, the reason that everything is static right now is because we don't have anything else to launch against those notes. So it doesn't really have to change anything. And I just wanna keep it according to all the initial addresses that we used, but that will update and it's not gonna have any effect on it. So don't worry about it. Um, We're still in the process of deploying the second version of the website. I think we will have that done this week. Uh, I'm pretty sure that we'll have the new version of the website, which is still, this'll be version one of uh, 2.1, actually. So this will be the first version of the second uh, iteration of the website. Uh, We are still working, as you guys know, if you participated in the uh, mints of the contributors NFTs, uh, you used our Know Your Transaction Policy uh, but we're still working on our KYC stuff and we're going to continue to work on that. It's going to take a while for us to finish. Uh, let's see, next week, we should be uh, finishing up the Uniswap pool and have the Uniswap pool demonstrations also done. I think we've done one demonstration of how it works, but uh, I think we're going to do a more broken down one. I'm not sure yet. I think that might be topic for next week's breakdown because I have to go over the staking of those uh, tokens, how you know those tokens are going to work in the ecosystem. So I think we'll touch base on that um, later, maybe next week, I'm hoping. <laughs> and then uh, we start some of our community marketing activities. Uh, beyond that, we'll continue to work on the polls uh, for other tokens and setting them up. Uh, we should be finalizing the contract audit, I'm hoping by the end of the month. Uh, I'm not sure, just it's not really up to us. It's based on how much time the actual auditing company can dedicate uh, on the different contracts that we have, because we got quite a few. And then, yeah, we should be good to go. I think we might have the VIP NFT out by the end of this month, too. So if we get that out, I'd say we're making good headway. Uh, it's really exciting to see the stuff going on. But this week, we are focusing on still wrapping up the contract audit with auditors. So hopefully, we'll get some more of that paperwork done that we have to do as well. We should be posting out community article number two. Um, I think the first one's done and goes out this week, but we start working on article two for next week this week. Uh, We have a major emphasis on our creative and marketing. I know the website's going up, but we have a bunch of other things that we're going to be doing to update stuff that we have for you guys. Uh, Graphics, NFTs, backgrounds, all kinds of stuff, actually. And then we'll work on the third version of the deck, too, hopefully here pretty soon. Um, Continue gamifications. So we've got a couple different ways that we want to gamify the audience. Uh, We'll hopefully be posting some more about this soon. I know we've been talking about it. haven't really shared much with you guys, but... Uh, we'll update it soon then we're continuing on the pitch deck v2 this will be linked to the website so we'll update everything based on all the changes that have been made according to legislation kyc kyt as well as token balances liquidity pools everything else and then uh i'd hate to keep this one on here but i know it's going to be on here for a while but continue the incorporation process for the rest of the entities that are required so we can further reduce the risk to everybody involved Uh, Other than that, thank you very much. Those are our updates for today. It looks like we wrapped it up in just about 27 minutes. I guess now would be a great time for questions if anybody's got them. If not, uh, I appreciate it. But yeah, does anybody have any questions? I'm looking in the Clouds general chat. So feel free to post them in there if you got any questions. If not, I hope this was an educational (laughs) little breakdown for you guys. But yeah, I'm loving it. I, we're making a lot of headway. I think the artwork is sick as hell. Uh, I can't wait to put out more stuff because now we're kind of on a roll <laughs> and all these things that have been worked on for so long are coming to fruition. So any questions, guys? Anybody got any other uh, comments? Anything else I can help you guys understand about the business model? Oh yeah, no worries, PBJB. Always help me. I saw you in here early. I even saw you popped in yesterday. I think you... uh might have thought we were doing the updates. I was going to say what's up, but uh, unfortunately, I got dragged directly into a meeting <laughs> as we were sitting there. And we were actually sitting in a meeting when you popped in, about to go into another meeting. and I, was, I thought that was kind of funny, but anyways, appreciate it, big homie. Uh, it's coming together nicely. Keep up the good work, guys. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah, Loey, just so you know, don't worry about the address that's on there. It doesn't affect anything, and uh, that'll update automatically as soon as we get out the rest of the stuff, so don't worry, big dog. I got you covered, man and uh, I hope everybody else is able to mint. If you haven't, don't worry. We will continue to remind you and annoy the living crap out of you through email. so just let me know if there's anything else you guys need. And uh, also, one last time, if you had anything that was compromised or if you have any issues minting those NFTs, uh, write a support ticket, and we'll get to it as soon as we possibly can. Appreciate it, guys. Uh, happy uh, Tuesday, wherever you are in the world. It may be Wednesday, but uh, appreciate it, and I will see you guys next week. Talk to you later. Peace.